0: Welcome to our weekly podcast of Who's Here in the Hamptons. I'm Dan Retainer, and I am broadcasting from here in the Hamptons, a place I have lived for over 50 years. I've written 12 books about this place, and I've seen it grow through the years from small fishing villages to what it is today, a summer paradise for New Yorkers, artists, writers, musicians, movie stars. We have it all. In my podcast, I will bring you interviews with the Hamptons' powerful people, but I will also introduce you to residents who contributed to our growth through the years, and you may not even have heard about them. I want to welcome uh, Jimmy Giuliani to the podcast. Are you there, Jimmy?
1: Yes. How are you doing?
0: Welcome. Uh, Jimmy is uh, one of the five realtors and is the lead realtor, actually, in the uh, Million Dollar Summer Home show, which is on Netflix. And um, exciting show. Uh, tell us a little bit about it and uh, what your role is in it.
1: So this whole project got started about a year year ago. We started filming and we were excited from the very beginning um, to show people like what the Hamptons really are. We wanted to pull back the curtain from some of the houses that obviously most people don't get to see or don't even know about. So last year I did the number one and number three biggest trades, one for 40 million in 2019 on Surfside and Burchampton and another one on Meadow Lane, which was just a land deal for 30 million. So because of that, the show really already had some steam before it even hit because uh, you know, I set those records and obviously, me being so young, uh, they wanted somebody who had a little edge to them and obviously was upcoming in the business. So, you know, it was pretty, pretty exciting. And, you know, a couple of the three guys and one, one female on the team who uh, also was on the show. And I was more of the leadership role trying to guide these guys through the trials and tribulations of the Hamptons market which obviously is not the easiest because uh, it is a very, very cutthroat business. You know, we don't get a salary. Everybody is here on commission. So it's very, very serious and very, very fast moving. So, you know, it's uh, every man for himself, unfortunately, you know, that's not the way I run my team, but that's the way the market is. So
0: Uh, when you say a a team, how many do you usually work with and, Was the team that you had here typical?
1: So I have 11 people who now work for me. Um, JB, who's on the TV show, is on my team. And then the other three we work with, um, they're not directly uh, underneath. They are uh, underneath me, but they aren't directly on my team. So you can see throughout the listings, you know, you see JB and you see myself on multiple listings and... You know, last year alone, we did about $160 million in trades, which uh, was pretty exciting. And, uh, you know, it broke us into the top 10 out here. So, uh, you know, if you look at who are competitors in this market, most of them are in their 50s, 60s, um, and have been in the business for over 30 years. So for us to only be doing this for five years, that's pretty exciting to uh, be competing. Competing with the big dogs.
0: Was um, your was Nest Seekers in business in the city before it came out here, and if so, how did it come about here?
1: So yeah, Nest Seekers started about fourteen years ago in the city with Eddie Shapiro, the owner of the company, who still is today the CEO and owner. And about eight years ago, uh, he acquired another brokerage um, and took over their you know obviously agents and you know, through that process, some people, you know, got hired. And then about two years after they started, I graduated college. And I, you know, obviously went around to all the brokerages applied. And I just had the best sense because the branch manager out here, I actually known for a while. So he gave me an opportunity I couldn't say no to. And that's what I, you know, kicked it off five years ago.
0: So all all you're selling then has been out here, not in New York.
1: So I have done deals in the city, but most of my prominent deals have been out here. You grew Um, up
0: out here. Yeah,
1: I'm born and and raised out here. Um, My dad's a local doctor in the area. He's a concierge doctor. And my mom is the office manager at his office. So, uh, you know, my dad came out here in 89. So I was a year old when they came out.
0: How how did you like growing up out here?
1: I mean, uh, it's like a little bubble out here. You don't really appreciate it until you leave. And, you know, my first time was when I went to college. And uh, I went down to Coastal Carolina, which is in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, which is awesome. But you still miss home. You you miss the beaches. The South Carolina beaches have nothing on New York beaches. And uh, the atmosphere is just completely different. You appreciate all the nature and the farms and. You know, the beaches, everything, which uh, everybody gets drawn to out here.
0: You were were at Southampton High School?
1: Yeah, I went to Southampton High School. Um, I graduated in 2006.
0: And um, so how did it get hooked up with the TV? How did that happen?
1: So it was mostly because of uh, my CEO, Eddie Shapiro. We had success in the city with Ryan Serhan on Million Dollar Listing. And we were looking for the next platform and Netflix, we, you know, we went to them and we pitched them this pilot and, you know, they picked us up because obviously, you know, who doesn't like seeing, you know, people growing in their field. It was a little bit different, you know, Million Dollar Listing was all about, you know, substantial brokers that have been doing it for 15, 20 years, and they're selling $30 million houses every year. You know, that's definitely exciting and people love to watch that, but there is something to see somebody, you know, evolve from the very beginning to the end and the team aspect of it. And, uh, you know, seeing success so young, it's a little inspiring. I mean, people are reaching out to me all the time, trying to work for me or intern or, you know, just ask for some advice and, it's not like I know everything, but, you know, I, I definitely hit a couple of rough patches till I figured out my little niche in this market.
0: How do you, what do you attribute uh, your success? I know this is like, what's the secret sauce?
1: Yeah, they, I mean, there is no real secret sauce out here in the Hamptons. It's, uh, you know, knowledge is definitely key. You have to be smart. You can't just, you know, work hard, but Definitely my work ethic. I mean, I work 70, 75 hours a week. Unfortunately, I have a little one at home and another one on the way. But um, I definitely, you know, try and make as much time as I can. But now is the time with the market being so hot. So I've been, you know, pretty much full blown 100% uh, since March. So I haven't really had a day off since March.
0: Well, it wasn't, it wasn't quite my question. I saw one of the episodes, it may have been the very first one, and uh, you were talking about uh, the, the woman broker who was going off on tangents and not staying focused on what uh, the matter at hand was uh, with the client or the prospective client. Well, so I guess, what's the difference between a, a good and effective broker, you're one, you're probably one of the top brokers out here. Well, What separates you from another broker who is not as successful? Obviously, we can't have very many of them because there's not that much to go around. But that's my question.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're 100% right. 90% of the agents make 10% of the money and 10% of agents make 90% of the money.
0: that's what i I want to know what's the secret sauce
1: yeah the secret sauce is bringing value so anybody can open a door and say oh this is a six bedroom house five and a half baths." you know these people can easily figure that out there's a reason why they have money they're smart people so the reason you know you bring what you bring to the table is the off-market deals having knowledge of all the comps even five years ago so really bringing knowledge and answering the questions truthfully and to the and with facts instead of opinions uh, is really bringing value. Um, and it, these are big purchases. Like one of my, you know, clients just bought something for five and a half million, and he's like, "This is my first house. He rents in the city." So this is some of the people's biggest buys that they'll do in their entire lifetime. Sometimes in their young lifetime. And, uh, you know, you have to guide them through the process and make sure they're getting the best value because anybody can sell them a house. It's whether they come back and whether you get the repeat clients. I built my whole business on being truthful. And I even tell clients not to buy houses, which hurts me because I'm commission based. But I tell them, trust me, I'll get you a better deal somewhere else. And people really appreciate that because when I do get them a better deal, they're like, wow, James knew what he was talking about. And then he hooks me, he hooks me up with his friend who's looking to buy. So if you tell the truth and you try and really, I I try to think like I'm in their shoes and I do so much investments myself. I do a lot of different spec builds. So I know what things cost unlike most agents because I pay for them and walk this every day of my life. Uh, Last year alone, we built 13 homes. So renovations brand new construction you know there's not too many agents who do, who live what i do and that's why they can't bring that to the table
0: i see um have you ha- are you getting noticed on the street because you're on tv yeah
1: it, it is funny you know the first day the bank teller is asking for my autograph for his son You know, people are taking photos of me on the street. It it is a little unnerving. I mean, I am obviously just a regular, normal guy like everyone else, Uh, but some of these people, uh, you know, I'm not even like a D-list celebrity. And I couldn't imagine being like a famous person because people are looking at me during dinners and, you know, it's, it's all positive stuff, but little kids are coming up to me. I was at Sean's place in Southampton. And three little boys came up to me and were like, we watched your show, we love you so much, do you mind if we take a picture? And I'm like, of course, you know, I don't care. But it's just funny, you know, small time living and you know, a lot of people are noticing me now.
0: Well, they did six episodes, is that correct?
1: Yeah, we did six episodes. Um,
0: Are they planning more and is the pandemic a factor in that?
1: Yeah, the pandemic is definitely a factor. you know, we don't know what the future holds, but everything is looked very positive that hopefully we get to do another couple seasons.
0: Oh, that's good. Tell me a little bit about your home life.
1: So at home, I have an eight-month-old son and my wife, and my parents live like three-quarters of a mile around the corner, so they're constantly over with my three three sisters and one brother, So, you know, uh, my sister just had a baby as well. And, uh, you know, I'm a big family and friends guy. Uh, You know, my dad once said one time that uh, if you can count how many best friends you have on two hands, you're doing something right. And, uh, you know, friends and family really stick out, you know, especially out here, really look out for each other. Um, whether you're in the restaurant world, whether you're a doctor or a lawyer, everybody takes care of each other. So, you know, I'll I'll never leave this community. And, uh, you know, family and friends are always uh, first on my list.
0: What's your uh, favorite place to take the family?
1: So, you know, I'm a big uh, foodie. So I like going out to dinner and bringing my wife out to dinner and family out to dinner to all different restaurants all over you know, the, the East End. Um, we also love going to the beach, doing the drive-on with the, uh, with the Jeep. So we jump on the beach and, you know, spend our days uh, with the barbecuing down on the ocean on Road G. And, you know, it's great down there. Uh, you, that, that's pretty much it. I mean, running around, playing with, uh, you know, my son and everything. It, besides work, it really takes up all my time. I don't really get much downtime. <laughs>
0: I guess. Are you at Truck Beach? Is that where you're talking about?
1: No, uh, at the end of Meadow Lane, uh, there's Road D that you can drive on by the state park. So, uh, you know, a bunch of the family and friends, we go down there on Sundays and barbecue and spend a couple hours down there at the ocean.
0: That's just beyond Truck Beach at the end, right?
1: Correct, correct.
0: I thought that was county, but I maybe it's. Still. Yeah,
1: it might be county. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I nice. just know that I uh, air up at their place every time I leave.
0: <laughs> Where do you drive?
1: Uh, so I drive a Tahoe, but on the beach we use the Jeep Wrangler. So because that thing's a tank on the beach.
0: I know. I had one like that for years. Yeah, your your family must be really proud of you for.
1: Yeah, time. my my dad said, uh, you know, my dad's definitely the most proud. He, uh, you know, I didn't know exactly what I was going to do when I got out of college, like a lot of people. Um, but, you know, you, you go through a couple of things. First, I thought I was going to work on wall street, applied for a bunch of jobs, got a couple of them and then decided that just wasn't for me after going through the, the process and ended up getting the job. And then I told my dad, you know, I'm no longer interested. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know, but I just don't want to do that. So he gave me about three weeks to pull together my resume and, and brainstorm my exact ideas. And then I looked at real estate cause I would always work for my uncle during the summer who was a builder out here. And, uh, I learned very quickly, you know, I didn't want to be a builder, you know, <laughs> you know, doing the hard work and everything cause uh, it was a lot of hard work. But then, uh, after, you know, being on the job sites, I would see these real estate agents show up in their nice cars. And, uh, you know, I just wouldn't understand how these guys were, you know, running their business. And I asked my uncle a couple of questions and I go, do you think I could do it? He goes, I think you can, you know, take over. And I was like, all right. So my uncle gave me my first start. He gave me one listing. And uh, from there, now I'm up to like 45 listings. That I carry, uh, depending on the you know what time of year, and that's sort of just they. My dad and my uncle sort of pushed me in the right direction, and from there I just ran with it.
0: What uh, what's the most exciting listing that you have uh, right now?
1: So there's a listing in the Southampton Estate section, what is like the cream of the crop of locations uh, besides the ocean. Southampton estate section has some of the most pricey real estate ranging from, you know, $20 million all the way up to $70 million just for a house and two acres in the estate section. So there's this listing I have that's brand new construction for 10 pasture in Southampton. And uh, just in the last couple of weeks, now that it's complete and everything, we've had multiple offers and uh, it looks like we're going to contract this week. So, you know, the market is hot and if you have the right product in the right location, uh, the buyers are showing up and giving you market value. So it's a great market. And uh, if you're in the right location, then, you know, you can't go wrong. There's another one we have on 300 Murray place that's coming on the market. We're finishing up in three months. And before we even are completed with the project, we've already had so much interest and a couple offers. So, you know, Location, location, location. But those two properties are on fire right now.
0: Well, thank you, Jimmy, for coming on the podcast. We uh, look forward to the next season of the show.
1: Thank you.